Welcome to Strategy Simplified. My name is Noah, and today on the podcast, I'm excited to bring you this conversation with Rafa. Rafa is ex-McKenzie Brazil and a case coach for Management Consulted. Listen as we discuss Rafa's journey, how she juggled MBB consulting and law school simultaneously, her exit to fintech, and tips for the recruiting process. Rafa, welcome to uh, to Strategy Simplified. Thank you for uh, thank you for being here today. Sure, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me today, Noah. Absolutely. Can you start us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, giving us a little bit of background, um, and maybe a thirty second introduction of your background before. Uh, before consulting and before McKinsey? Sure, of course. So I'm from Brazil. I was born and raised in Avaré, a city in the countryside. Currently, I live in Sao Paulo, where I graduated from law school. But during law school, I was always involved in business topics like financial markets, innovation, technology. And I believe this wish to learn different things is what led me to consulting. I stayed at McKinsey for almost four years in the Sao Paulo office, and then I left to pursue my entrepreneurship passion with startups, early stage startups, and that's what I'm doing today. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for that background. Uh, so diving a little bit deeper into the law side of things, um, you went you went to law yeah. school. Did you intend to kind of go into business after that? Were you thinking about going into law? Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, I have a different path in that sense. Like at least in Latin America, it's not so common. Uh, here in Brazil, we all or most of us start university at like 17, 18, 19, something like that. So we need to make the decision pretty soon. And at 16, I decided that I want to go to law school and I was approved with 17 and I started by them. But I was always interested in like economics topics and business topics. And during law school, this um, started to become more clear, but I was able to carve my path in law school. So I used uh, the structure to, uh, to found a club of financial markets. So I engaged with people that were uh, was also interested in business. So this helped me. Um, and then when I was 20 years old, like in the middle of law school here in Brazil, is five years, I applied to the only position that McKinsey had uh, for me there that was, they called Summer Business Analyst Intern. It's a program that you stayed there for three months as a business consultant. And if you do a good job, they send you an offer to come back and do a one-year internship. And then by that time, usually only engineering st uh, students would get that position. So I was the first non-engineer to be approved for that three months program. And I joined and I noticed that I would never want to go back to law. Well, interesting. So you said you started as kind of a traditional three-month intern and then you moved into a one-year internship program. I think that's something that a lot of uh, our listeners here in the U.S. might not be familiar with. It's a little bit different uh, than how the process works here. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So here in Brazil, it's very common to have internship um, positions for all types of graduation programs and for different firms and uh, even startups and other companies. So McKinsey started to offer, offer here in Brazil this summer intern program that was only three months, in addition to the program that they already had that was like the one-year internship program. But the summer program you do while like on vacation from uh, university. And then if you do a good job, as I told you, like they extend you an offer to do like a one year's uh, internship. 
And this one year internship you do while you are at the university, usually at your last year. And if you do a good job there, again, you receive an offer, uh, a full-time offer. And that's what happened to me. But within the internship programs, you have almost the same experience as a normal business consultant, a business analyst or associate, as what they call in some firms. So you are um, a part of some client engagements and you act like an analyst uh, in that engagement. Of course, the expectations are different and your uh, the time you dedicate to that is different, but you have actually the real experience of what a consultant will do. Makes sense. How difficult was it to balance uh, going to school at the same time as working uh, at McKinsey? At the beginning, it was difficult for me because uh, as I was, uh, I was doing law school, I, was, I, I had a different background. I was very concerned about like proving myself, like I'm good enough with the quant side, I can do this job, I can perform like the engineer, engineers or the uh, people that majored in business and, and things like that. So I was always trying to prove myself. So in that sense, I believe I, I, I pushed myself very hard while uh, back in school. But then once I started to get um, more confident, like after six months, like two projects, three projects, I felt that I could set my limits. Like, oh, this time is the time that I will not work, that I will focus on school. And then I noticed that they were actually really open with that. They always tell us that like we should uh, communicate and set our boundaries and the things that are important for us. But I hadn't the courage to do that before. And once I realized it, I started to do like always, I would say like, oh, I need to. Uh, actually, for my last two projects while, as an, uh, while an intern, I negotiated with them that I would work only three days in the week. So for three days, I would work uh, more hours and then two days I would not work and I would be only focused on the university and that worked pretty well with me and they always respected. So it's a matter of aligning with the HR, aligning with your team and you making sure uh, everyone is aware of what you need. Now it makes sense and really impressive that you were able to kind of balance those two big commitments at the same time. Um, you also mentioned that you were kind of the first person um, with this this legal background to break into this this pipeline and, and that most people um, were, were coming from more engineering backgrounds, more technical backgrounds. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got uh, you know involved with McKenzie in the first place in terms of recruiting? You know, what was your recruiting process like? Um, do you have maybe sure. one or two insights uh, to, to help folks uh, kind of going through similar pipelines? Yeah, sure. I think what helped me a lot, I haven't heard about McKenzie uh, in the first years of law school, I've only heard about because a, a friend started interning there and he told me it was amazing and he was he was very like related to things that he knew I like it, like the financial markets, the technology, etc. And then I started like doing a lot of research about what is uh, what is consultancy, uh, what are the big firms, what they actually do, what the type of the projects they do. So I think this pre-work of understanding this world that is so distant from a lot of us and like our families for most of us. So understanding what this world is about and the opportunities I uh, could have there was the first thing for me. And then the second was starting to engage, like uh, follow on social media, um, going to every event they had in person or virtual. So I would go to any webinar or things like that to get information 
uh, about the recruitment process, about the life uh, after you get accepted. And this was very helpful for me because I made real connections with the recruiters and with other analysts that were already there. And those connections are helpful because they provide you with some tips for the um, interviews and, and, and those kinds of process that you have and all these steps. So connecting, whether it's through events or through like LinkedIn, trying to get to know people that are already there, it's very helpful. I would definitely recommend that. Now, again, the importance of, of connections and the importance of networking both within and, and you know, when you're going in and, and once you're at the firm, um, a common thread that we see here and talk about exactly. here. Um, yeah, so, so you've since left uh, McKenzie, you mentioned that, <clears throat> and you're now involved in, in entrepreneurship and fintech. Uh, a couple questions here. Um, first, you know, how did you get involved there? How did that, how did you make that transition? What did that look like? And then, um, pivoting back to consulting, uh, what are the top skills that you kind of learned there? How have they helped you, uh, in entrepreneurship in this world of FinTech? What does that look like? Yeah, sure. Starting with the FinTech part, I'm involved in financial markets since university, uh, as I mentioned. So that club that I co-founded and uh, I always pursued that subject in law school. So it seemed like a path that made sense for me to pursue afterwards. Uh, but what I really like are startups early stage or scale up where I can make an impact putting together like business and technology. I think this is even more important for me than whether it's financial markets or something else. Uh, and getting to your question regarding the what McKinsey brought me that I take to this day, uh, is I would highlight three things. So one is the data analytics fluence. So I'm very data driven today and I carry that with me everywhere I go. And this is very helpful because we get to those startups or even bigger companies and they don't have this um, eye for data or they don't know to, how to analyze the data. So this is helpful in any situation. The second is how to approach problems in a structured way. So today we work with ambiguity daily. And what makes a difference is that like, okay, we know we have a problem, but here's how we can break down this problem and the parts we can solve and how we can solve. And this is gold for me. It's, it helps me even in my daily life. Um, and then the third thing I would say is the ability that you de uh, develop to align people and communicate with people, whether it's like high leadership from a key or for, from clients, or is connecting with people that is like analysts or would be your peers on the companies and getting their buying in and their trust. And this is helpful everywhere. Makes a lot of sense. Um, and again, just more kind of on the transferable skills. And that's one thing that people really look for, uh, you know, when going into consulting. Hey, MBAs, we're putting on a special case prep cohort just for you this December 2023. That's right. Join our Black Belt program link in the show notes to be a part of this exclusive cohort. We're going to deliver a group training uh, specific for where you're at in the case prep process. So uh, join, check out, learn more about Black Belt, link in the show notes. We'd love to have you join for this MBA case prep cohort. All right, back to the show. Uh, in terms of in terms of your your career in consulting, your four years at McKenzie, do you have one to two two words of wisdom for folks who are trying to decide? You know, do I go into consulting, or do I go into tech, or do I go into finance? Um, for people on the fence, what would you say? Yeah, sure. It can be a difficult decision, especially like right now that we have all of these options and great firms that are rising. I would 
try to think about what you see, see yourself doing in the future, like for real, the skills and stamps you need to get there. So if that place in the future is already consultancy, like uh, serving big clients and changing your context and always learning and being the frontier of that, great, consultancy, it's, it's for you, you know that. But even if you're thinking about other things, this was my case, I, I always knew I wanted to go to technology or like uh, found their own company, those other things, they demand skills that consultancy can bring you. And they demand um, some stamps and consultancy can play their role, their role for you. So I always saw McKinsey as a place where I would learn a lot. I would meet great people that could be co-founders or even investors in the future. And I would have this stamp that is like, oh, she can do this. She can handle uh, pressure. She can handle data, et cetera. Um, so it was important for my journey. So I would think like in the future, in the near future, what you want to do and if consultancy fits in one of those uh, two categories. No, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, just thinking about consulting as a way to kind of set yourself apart. Um, you work uh, now in, in some capacity with, with management consultant here as a coach uh, and, and you help prepare candidates for for interviews and for the application process at some of the world's top consulting firms like McKinsey, like Bain, like BCG. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the process that you run your clients through in terms of preparing for these interviews, preparing for this application? Um, you know, how do you set your clients up for success at these top firms? Sure. Uh, I joined management consultant a while ago and I love what I do here because I can be closer to people that are like following their dreams and applying and I get to be a small portion of the help they're looking for. And the first thing for me is get to know the candidate in terms of what firms they want to apply, where they are in the process, how they feel about their strengths and weakness is, and then uh, where they are struggling in the process to see how, how helpful I can be. And after understanding that, we can do like a case simulation. So I assess where the clients stand, stand based on um, how they perform on the case. And this is very uh, nice because sometimes the client thinks uh, think they have like a specific weakness, like oh, I'm so good, uh, so bad in math, and they are doing a great job. So that's why the the case simulation helps a lot. And based on that, I provide like steps for them to be prepared, like uh, considering the timeline they have. This could involve like sharing resources, drills and things they can study by themselves or recommending more case practice. I really like to help them uh, build the confidence they need to succeed. Because a lot of times, again, people have the knowledge and skills, but they don't trust themselves yet. And the preparation comes uh, in, this, uh, in this sense as well, like to build this confidence that you can do it uh, and that you're prepared for. So I focus on that. So this, this approach in terms of, you know, starting with kind of a diagnostic, figuring out strengths, weaknesses, and then, you know, sort of building and focusing down from there. Uh, does that mirror what you did to prepare, you know, back when you were recruiting for consulting? Or is this an approach that you've kind of developed after seeing uh, the recruiting process from the other side? It's a mix from both. I would say that the spine of this is what I did for myself, like reading about, getting familiar, understanding my weakness, and then studying by myself and practicing a lot. I, I always say like focus more on practicing than on reading those huge books and things like that. Because I saw that the time I spent like reading those great books was kind of uh, lost time in terms of 
the strict amount of time that I had and the lack of preparation. So I learned in the hard way that case preparation was more important for me in the place I was than reading things. So the, the spine is based on my experience, but I learned a lot along the way by coaching like more than 80, 100 people. So uh, it's a mix of that. It's like uh, best practice after all of that. So in this, you know, this group of, of 80, 100, 100 plus people that you've worked with, um, can you identify one to two kind of key underrated skills or qualities that maybe people don't focus on as much um, that you, you think really differentiates the top candidates from, you know, kind of everybody else? Yeah, I, I like that you said it underrated because, of course, we could talk about structured communication, uh, all of that, like bringing insights that we all know that is important. But there's like two things that I believe it's important, and I see this in some special candidates as well. Uh, that is, one is be conversational and show your thinking. Some people believe that they are almost taking a task. So they receive a question and they work uh, silent to answer the question and then uh, they come back with like the answer. It's much better if you make it conversational, like, oh, here's what I'm thinking. I will do this, I will do that. What do you think about it? Does it make sense? So you bring the interviewer together with you. So I see that this makes a lot of difference even uh, on how the interviewer responds to you and can, they, they can kind of direct you, uh, direct you to, the right, uh, to the right path. And the second thing comes in the same um, in the same uh, situation that is, I always say, like, be coachable. Because if you are going on the wrong path and the interviewers come, uh, the interviewer come and say, like, oh, what do you think about, think about doing this other calculation or about discussing these other things? Go with them. Like, it's not a, it's usually not a trap or something that they want to test you. They are they want you to succeed. Most of them want you to succeed. So be coachable in the sense of like be open to their ideas and their suggestions during the case. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well thank you. Thank you for that. Um, in terms of if people sort of logistically uh, you know want to work with you, they've heard your journey, heard your backgrounds, um, heard kind of what you bring to the table. And I have no doubt that there will be, uh, you know, a ton of clients out there that will hear this podcast and, and want to reach out and work with you. Um, logistically speaking, what's the best way to get in touch? How can people work with you? Yeah, so people can reach me in the NC Management Consulted platform, like under the case coaching section, you can find my name and directly schedule a session. Or if you have any questions before that, I'm completely open to answer over LinkedIn or email. Uh, I, we can share that with you. Awesome. And yeah, all of that uh, information will be uh, in the show notes for this for this episode as well. So we're almost done here. Uh, we like to wrap these up with a few kind of fun, uh, kind of more personal questions. Um, so I guess jumping into that, what's one thing that you're listening to or reading, watching, generally consuming uh, that you found inspiring and interesting lately? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that I recently finished the last dance documentary that is on Netflix it talks about Michael Jordan and the Bulls journey. It was really impactful for me, like the, to see the drive and work ethic of Jordan and how he was always like striving to be the best. I recommend it. Yeah, great, great documentary. Big uh, personal favorite as well. Um, and so I guess last question here. Uh, one person from history that you would love to get dinner with, uh, one conversation, you know, that you'd like to have and, and, and why? Uh, 
probably not so usual, but I would say Tina Turner. I'm passionate about her story, her legacy of years in the entertainment. She recently passed it, unfortunately, but I would love to get this opportunity. Well, awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much uh, to all our listeners out there. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, and yeah, Rafa, thanks again for, for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strategy Simplified. If you were inspired by Rafa's story and want to learn more about management consulting or even book a one-on-one session with Rafa, head on over to managementconsulted.com to get started. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review or email us at podcast at managementconsulted.com with any questions or feedback.